Welcome to episode 167 of the Sports Marketing Huddle, a podcast that looks at all things marketing in the world of sports. Alongside Brian Cristiano, I'm Rob Cressy. Today's topic, MLB launches Facebook Live studio shows just in time for spring training. But first, like we do every episode, we're going to give you a fact about me of the day so you can get to know a little bit more about us. Brian, what's your fact about me of the day? When I was a little kid, like really, really young, like maybe five years old or something like that, my first baseball game I went to was because I was my dad. I was with my dad. We were in a flower shop or something. And it was like, oh, this, you know, put you know, put your name on a thing to win a you know pair of tickets to a Yankees game. And so he had me like you know scribble. I'm sure he fixed you know the actual thing so he could read it, make it legible, put it in. Won won the tickets. It was a Yankees Red Sox game. And the crazier part about it was the next year, um, the same flower shop, the same giveaway. I won that one too. So what the both both Yankees games. Wow, that's yeah. pretty badass. I had some good luck as a little kid. <laughs> so my fact about me of the day, and I'll go little kid as well, two parts. One, the first baseball player to ever sign my glove was Pittsburgh Pirate Andy Van Slyke. To this day, he's still my favorite player ever. He had an awesome crow hop from center field. And two, I played baseball uh, in Little League as a kid, but I got uh, hit in the nose by a one hopper off the blacktop in my friend's driveway, broke my nose. And from that moment, I've been afraid of baseballs. And I started a little league all-star game as a pitcher. But when it came to hitting, I was almost out of the batter's box because I was scared to death of getting hit in the face. You know what's funny? I had I have a similar story. I was the same way. I played all the way through little league into high school. And it was like, it was sometime in Little League when I was starting to like, I was never really great, but I was starting to get like decent at the sport. My dad would take me out and we go, we go practice and, um, you know, with a, with an MLB, you know, hardball. Right. And he had this natural curve that would always curve like, uh, left. So away from me out, out and away. And, and like we practiced all the time, except the one time it didn't curve and I was waiting for it to break, smashed me in the face same thing, dude. From there on out, I was like always afraid. I was always like super nervous, like the back corner of the right. batter's box, like for real, for real. Like uh, that's why I think I never really like got any, you know, much better at, at baseball because I was always a little afraid of the ball from that. <laughs> Traumatizing, right? Brings us back to today's topic. MOB launches Facebook Live studio shows in time for spring training. Uh, and Brian, there's a few things I want to talk about for this. One, I love what MLB is doing right here. Uh, so some examples of what they do, they've done 30 minutes before spring training games. They're going live on Facebook Live. Uh, they've included the first two innings of a Boston Red Sox exhibition game. Uh, MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred's press conference. And then I really love this one. Atlanta Braves pitcher Bartolo Colon doing drills on the Bartolo cam. So really giving fans the inside look on uh what's going down so let's start with that what do you think about uh mlb getting themselves ready to do this in spring training which i have to imagine they're going to be doing moving forward well shout out to uh to our friends over at mlb advanced media and some of the teams over there that are doing this 
I think it's brilliant. Um, you know, I, I think that there should be more of it. I love the live streaming stuff. I, I love the uh, Bortolo Cologne cam. I think all that kind of stuff is awesome. I love the teams that are doing 360 video, more live streaming. Like all the innovative, cool stuff that super fans really want to see. More access to the players, more behind the scenes, real stuff, real time, especially spring training. I definitely expect we'll see more of that during the season. It's just a shame because... There are so many teams that want to do this themselves or are thinking about it and are just hesitating on it because either ownership doesn't see the value in it or they don't want to give as much access to the players that would necessarily be needed uh, to do some of the live streaming stuff. They want to kind of leave them alone. And the reality is the teams need to do a better job at getting some of their star players to realize you're going to have to dedicate some extra time more than you normally would for this type of content, this type of stuff. So some teams are doing a great job with it. Other teams, I think, can do a better job with it. But... But I think this is just the beginning of what we're going to see, and it's exciting. Yeah, as we mentioned, I mean, this is early in the Sports Marketing Huddle podcast. This should become a content haven for teams and the league itself because there's a never-ending storyline. For example, I'm a Pittsburgh Pirates fan. Show me what's going on with Andrew McCutcheon and Starling Marte and Gregory Polanco. Just whether they're in the locker room or getting ready for spring training, playing pepper, throwing it around. Like the most casual things we as fans would love to see that they may think is just every everyday commonplace like put me in the outfield when they're shagging balls yep or let me stand next to the batting practice pitcher when he's throwing live batting practice like really the content side of this should be the easiest thing there's no reason why in theory there couldn't just be like a never-ending stream of awesome content from these teams oh it should be incredible and, and i think the way that the teams need to be thinking about it is the fans that spend the extra time energy and money to come to spring training and watch Give that same experience to the people that aren't fortunate enough to take the time or aren't necessarily maybe as dedicated to go down to spring training if it's in Florida or somewhere else in the South, um, you know, and go and actually see it in person. Because when you're there and you get to experience spring training, it's pretty badass. It's really cool. And you get this like intimate access to the players that you normally wouldn't get. And you get to see them doing, you know, practicing and yeah, all, you know, BP and all that cool stuff that you wouldn't get to see at the level running laps, all this stuff you wouldn't see at a regular game. Um, so make that available to the people that aren't there in person. It's just so obvious, and it's it's awesome, really. So, Brian, how can teams with a limited staff for content take advantage of this? So we can give them all the ideas mm. in the world, but what really has to change for them to accept it? Like, you can do it once a week or something but quite frankly if it were you or i we would be doing that every single day they should have an entire crew of people on different different stations where boom the seconds that done it's like boom let's have it over the bullpen and go see what sarah's doing with the relievers like what can teams do with limited resources here is what here's what I think that teams that have limited resources need to do. They need to think outside of just the limited marketing department that they have because you and I both know we talk to a lot of these teams all the time and there might be two or three people in the entire marketing or social media department and it's just not enough, especially at spring training because they're trying to get all the pre you know the videos for the boards for broadcasts for whatever and that's all their time that they have. So what the team needs to think about is how do they expand those resources without costing them any more? And it's something as simple as looking at the front office or looking at the sales office and saying, you know what? Once a day, 
you know, or, or once a week, we're going to take somebody from the sales team or from the front office team. We're going to teach them how to do this and they're going to spend that whole day. They get to do something different. They get to learn what the marketing team does. They get to learn how to do live streaming. Even if it's just from a cell phone, nobody cares. Even if the quality is not awesome, the fans will still appreciate it. And that person is like the dedicated person. Or maybe if you get a couple people, the dedicated people for the day, they get to learn something new. They get out of the front office. The morale is built. You get the extra asset on the marketing side and the social media side costing zero to the team. And I think that you just rinse and repeat that. And it could actually, it's a really great way to build morale, get the front office or the sales office involved more of the marketing side and to not cost the marketing team or the social media team any more money. It's just a little bit of, and you could train somebody in 30 minutes on how to do it. I think any team could do that without any hesitation. You could start it tomorrow if you wanted to. So Brian, the reason I wanted to really talk about this is we've talked about Facebook Live, but let's look at the other side of this. Are we becoming too Facebook dependent on everything? I know you and I have both talked about how we love Facebook. It's the place where there's such good opportunities for engagement, for paid, for everything. But we've seen what's happened to Twitter and what's yep. happened to Vine. And for sports publishers, currently there's no way to monetize via mid-roll on Facebook Live yet. So there's a lot of efforts for, let's call it an increase in awareness, which certainly for brands, you can make that a great case for why you should be doing it. But what do brands and teams need to be looking at to get a return on Facebook Live? Yeah, it's it's an interesting time. I mean, there's a couple of points I want to touch in there. One is, you know, are you spreading, are, are you putting all your eggs in one basket if you're just doing Facebook Live? Yes. Do I think that Facebook, Facebook Live has way more upside and we're just at the beginning? Yes. But could I be wrong? Yes, as well. Um, you never know. Something crazy happens. Zuckerberg falls off the face of the planet. They just decide to change their entire business model. You, you just Snapchat comes out with the most brilliant you know thing you've ever seen in your life. Anything could happen. So I think there's a couple things to keep in mind. Number one, right now, Facebook is the number one platform for it. So go all in on that, but don't shortchange yourself elsewhere. There's some simple tools where you could dual live stream. This costs a little bit of money, but you could dual live stream to Facebook and YouTube. I think the brands and teams should be doing that a hundred percent. Um, there's other places that you can live stream to. Um, obviously if you're under MLB, you can do some live streaming through MLB advanced media to your own site and so forth. You should be doing that as well. Um, but if you're with limited resources, you know, it's even might be something as simple as you live stream right now to Facebook, you download and save that file, and then you upload it to YouTube. So it's there as well. And maybe other places that, you know, you have archives, so you can go back, people can watch the old live stuff that you have. That's a way to do it if you don't have the time, energy, equipment, or budget. Um, so you don't want to put all your eggs in one basket, but at the same time, you don't want to spread yourself thin because Facebook has the upside right now. Um, on the other side, as far as money goes, monetary, it's hard, yeah, because if teams aren't going to make any money off of this, the reality is you got to find a sponsor that's that wants that exposure, wants to be attached to the team, and is willing to put their branding on that, brought to you by, or their logo placement, or something of like that. I think you and I always agree something more integrated is always the way to go. Get creative, find a way to integrate a brand or a couple of uh, brands into the live streaming stuff, um, and get them to cover the cost of doing it 
even if you're not going to net profit anything, but you're going to be able to cover the expenses of having two or three more people on the marketing staff to execute it, you're still better off doing it because in the long run, you'll find a way to make more money off it and monetize it better. In the short term, you're going to get more fans to pay attention, get them more excited, increase morale of the of the, of the team and so forth. So I think there's a lot more wins other than just making money. But if you need revenue to do it, you're going to have to look towards... Um, the sponsorship side and get another brand involved. Yeah, I totally agree. But I do like making sure that we do question things because uh, the last thing you want to do is be like, oh my God, I didn't think about that. And now that it's gone, uh, what I do like about Facebook is they're starting to do a lot more with app integrations with Roku and Apple TV, where I could see, let's call it one or two years from now, maybe even sooner that all of a sudden, all these Facebook lives are going to be their own channels. Yeah. We talked about how cord cutting is becoming so much more prevalent, especially Brian, you and I living in major cities where I don't have a car. I can certainly see myself cord cutting and pretty much just living in the sharing economy there. So setting yourself up now for imagine a year from now when they're like, yeah, you can just have your own TV show. Yeah. Now you're like, oh boy, game changer. Yeah. Yeah. Look, you know, if I had to just go all in on one platform, it would be Facebook. I really believe in it. But at the same time, you have to, I don't like to hedge, but I, but I think that you have to just make sure that you're not completely just exposed only to one place because again, you never know what's going to happen. Or at the very least, if that's what you're going to do, again, just think about it, saving those videos, putting them elsewhere. But I th- love the integration with the apps and with Roku, etc., because clearly that's going to be the future. Your ISP isn't going to be your cable provider. It's going to be your internet provider. And then the content you're going to stream off of apps or sites or whatever it's going to be. That's clearly the future. So start getting in there now. Brian, you know, it's a great example of someone who got screwed by going all in on Facebook publishers who built all their traffic around organic Facebook results. Yep. And then all of a sudden they're like, you know what? I think everybody should just pay for that now. And it's like, yep. Yep. Oh, absolutely. And you have to understand those things are going to change. It's not, you know, it's just silly to me that the publishers thought that was going to be free forever. Like, it's just so silly. It's silly to me not to get too far off topic. It's silly to me for brands to think that you're still going to get a $10, $8 CPM on Facebook a year from now, two years from now. You're not. Double, triple, quadruple that easily. It's silly to me that people think that, you know, you're going to be able to get, you know, five cent views for video paid media on Facebook in two, three years from now. You're not. Of course it's going to go up. So, like, that's the thing. You also just have to be aware that, like, this stuff is in flux. It's early. So you can take advantage of that, but you can't build a business model around it. That's ridiculous. It will change. All right, Brian. So time for the takeaways. What's your takeaway? My takeaway is get creative in how you execute, right? And I think the perfect example is going back to, you know, MLB teams or minor league teams or even NFL teams. Like we know that there's some teams that have a lot of resources. There's some teams, big teams that don't have a lot of resources. And, I, and we know a lot of them listen to this show. And I think it's about getting creative and not being afraid to think about, can I pull somebody from the front office for a day or two days and utilize them and get them involved with this marketing thing? Because if, if the example is Facebook Live, all you really need is a phone and a good internet connection. You could teach anybody how to do that. And, you know, being that they're in your organization, they know who the players are. They know what people like. They're a fan themselves, most likely. It's really, really smart. So I think being innovative and thinking, uh, how do we maximize the resources we have instead of saying, well, we just don't have the resources. We can't do it. Yeah, I don't buy that we don't have resources because you or I, as solo people, Brian, we could execute 
95% of that just on our own there. Yeah. I mean, a simple example is you want to create a podcast. Here's an easy way. Do a Facebook live, strip the audio, put that on YouTube, upload that to SoundCloud, iTunes. Now you've just reached four different platforms just like that Done. with one person piece of cake. So action item. And guys, we've said this one before. Have you done a Facebook live yet? If not, why not? What is holding you back? I want you to send us an example of you doing a Facebook Live. 